Well, long time no see. <laughs> How was Father Walter? Did he behave himself? All right, good. Okay, so let's go to our first reading here from the book of Genesis. Uh, the, uh, Genesis is so rich in, in stories and uh, so many things we can learn from Genesis. Um, this, one, this one story here of... Uh, there's so many things to know. One thing right off the top of the, or right off the bat here is that if you had heard yesterday's reading, what we saw was Abraham bartering with God, and he basically got God into an agreement that if there were ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, God would spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Abraham's whole intention of making that deal with God was so that his nephew Lot would be spared. Okay, that was his whole intention. And uh, uh, God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah today. So can you imagine that? There was not even, there were not even ten righteous people in the city. Okay, not even ten. And I don't, I don't know how many people were there. I would assume a few thousand at least. Okay, so there, out of five or six thousand people, there wasn't even ten people who were in God's grace and in his friendship. Um, but God knew Abraham's main desire was to save his nephew, and so Abraham got, got that desire, actually. It's interesting. You know, it's sort of like God does beyond and above what we ask. And so Abraham was kind of humble, and he didn't want to sort of ask to, for God to save Lot. Abraham's a, uh, a man of justice, and so he's trying to be fair. He's saying, well, Lord, save it as long as there's ten just people. And he was banking on the fact that there would be at least ten just people, but there weren't, okay? Uh, nonetheless, God is very merciful, and he goes and he saves Lot for Abraham, okay? Now, we've got this very interesting story, though, as they're escaping from the city before God rains the fire and the brimstone upon it. Lot's wife, she looks back, and she turns into a pillar of salt. It's really kind of an interesting, it's very brief, just one sentence that says that. Now, in that area... Um, it's by the Dead Sea, and it's salt everywhere. It's a wasteland of salt. So nothing can grow or live or flourish. And if you were there even to this day, occasionally, it's, they're not, the landscape's not scattered with them, but occasionally you'll find these just strange salt formations that are pillars of salt to this day. You can get on the internet and find pictures of these salt pillars. So Lot's wife turned, was turned into one of these pillars. What, what's the meaning here? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of meaning. The city of cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the other three cities they are a symbol of this world fallen and embroiled in, in, in sin. Okay, and just as God rained fire down upon these wicked cities, so also the world as we know it is going to come to an end with fire. God's apocalyptic judgment is going to come upon this world. And all of those who will be saved are like Lot. They're fleeing before God brings the judgment down. So all of us, we need to kind of imagine, as it were, ourselves fleeing from Sodom and Gomorrah. And if we are to flee from this sinful world, okay, where is our heart? That's the question. Okay, so it's not enough that we don't behave like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Our heart itself, okay, our interior, needs to hate 
the behavior of Sodom and Gomorrah. It needs to hate sin. So we all know the act of contrition, oh my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended you. So sorrow's got to be from the heart. And I detest all my sins because of your just punishment. So you have to hate sin. See, Lot did, uh, Lot's wife didn't have that heart condition. Her body was going this way and her heart was going back to Sodom and Gomorrah. And my guess is that she was hoping that the words of the angels about the fire coming down on the city was not going to happen. <laughs> she was hoping that the that the Sodom and Gomorrah was not going to be destroyed so that she could move back there. Because that's where her heart was. Okay? She really didn't, she never became detached from the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. So regardless of our external behavior, if our heart is not right, it's not sufficient. This is what Christ came for. Christ came to renew us from the inside out. He came to give us new desires so that we would desire righteousness. That's what virtue is. It's the performance of Good that doing a virtuous acts from the heart, willingly, with joy. With joy. Not taking pleasure, not taking, not rejoicing in sin, but rejoicing in, in what's good and what's pleasing to God. So the Lord's always after our heart. He's always after that internal condition. And so, if, you know, come judgment day at the end of the world, when the Lord's, uh, you know, final justice has been done in the world, those who maybe professed Christianity in the external but didn't have it in their heart, they're going to be memorials for all eternity. So just as Lot's wife was frozen into a pillar of salt, and there she was, permanent, permanent condition, a memorial for all to look back upon and to say, well, that's what happens, you know, when your heart is not right. So also, all of those uh, whose heart is not right, whose heart is still set on this world, they will be a memorial for eternity, for eternity, and to God's justice and to the fact that what the Lord Jesus died for was to give us new hearts. That's what the new covenant's all about. I will write my law in their hearts and on their minds, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. So, my brothers and sisters, let's always do an examination of conscience. Let's, let's celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, which is the most effective means of making sure our hearts are always in the right place. And let's always look forward to the joy and the goodness and the, and the, the peace and the reward of serving God with, from a pure heart.